You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Psalm 74 and 12 is Elohim. It speaks in reference to God being supreme. And God is supreme, says about him that there is no failure in him. I said there is no failure in him. I love what old saints used to say, that being, God can do anything save fail. One antithesis of fail is victory. So if God can do anything, he can do anything save fail, no doubt. He knows how to give us the victory. And some of us can can give testimony after testimony about the victories we have obtained because of God. I said we can give testimony after testimony about the victories we have obtained because of God. You can tell folk that he delivered you from cancer, delivered you from heart trouble, delivered you from diabetes, delivered you from this, that, and the other. And you can go on and on and on, not only talking about how he delivered you physically, but mentally, emotionally, and other areas of your life. Am I talking about you? Because he is supreme. Now, God, according to Peter, is not slack when it comes to his promises. God would do exactly what he said he would do. And again, we are living witnesses. He said he'd heal you. Put up your hand if he's ever healed you. He said he would bring you out. Put up your hand if he ever brought you out. Said he would do for you what you can't do for yourself. Has he ever done it for you? Yeah. And again, God will promise you something, whether according to the scripture or through revelation, And he'll turn around and do exactly what he said. That's the reason Paul penned in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Yes, he'll do it. Amen. So be it. 
so be it. Let it happen, God. You said you'd do it, so let it happen. But you have to understand God as Elohim in that he will not do it the way people do it. God going to stick to his word. If, if we have learned anything, we should have, have learned that. That God going to do things according to his word. And one thing that we do repeatedly is expect God to do certain things like men. But he's just not going to do it. What did Isaiah say? His thoughts and his ways are distinct from man. I mean, I mean a big distinction. Remember what Isaiah says, as high as the heaven is from the earth, so are his thoughts and so are his ways. But he's going to do what he said. He's not slack concerning his promises. God is not weak. He is not ineffective when it comes to fulfilling what he said. I love to say, if he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. And then I like to add what Moses talked about. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it, will he not make it Good. Good equates better. If God ever made something better, fight. Woo! And you know what I love about him? What I love about Elohim? He changes not. He changes not. That means if he did it for me yesterday, he ain't got no problem with coming back. You know, because some folk have a problem with coming back. They'll help you out one day, but you call them another day. They, hey, I can't. I ain't going to be able to. But the Lord is not like that. If he helped you out on a Monday, you call him Monday evening, he'll come back. Then you turn around and have to, have to ring him up again on Tuesday. Guess what? He'll come back. Why? He changes not. He's not weak. He's not ineffective. He is supreme. He does not get weary when it comes to well doing. And the one thing that we see time and time in scripture is the commitment God has in reference to his children. That's the reason we can't allow the enemy to play with our mind like it's Plato. Make us think God is not going to show up and show out. We cannot allow the enemy to cause us to think or feel as if God is not going to do what he said. I don't care how extreme your situation becomes, God's still going to do what he said. Again, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, all of the promises of God in him are and so be it. You need to amen your, yourself sometimes or say it yourself sometimes. When you get to going through tribulations, when you get to going through trials and the enemy gets to playing with your mind telling you it ain't going to work out, you need to let him know God and already put the amen on this. 
He done already put it on this. It's going to work in my faith. Why? All of the promises of God in him are. And. God promised Barry he was going to do it and he going to do it. So amen to it. So be it to it. And when you consider Psalm 74 and 12, the psalmist deemed his relationship with God as old. God is my king from old. I've had a relationship with him. For a long time. I'm not a novice when it comes to what my God can do. And that's not just his testimony. Some of us, we got history with God. I said we got history with God. Some of us got got a history that, that goes Back five years, Psalm 10, Psalm 20, Psalm 30. But we got history with God. We are not novices when it comes to what God will do. We have history. We have a track record. We know what God can do. We know how God will turn a situation completely around. Come on, do it with me one time. Just, just say, God, to turn a situation completely around. It, it's folks in here that, that's got a history that says that God will do what folks say can't be done. Ooh, I, I, I don't know if you heard Deacon Wood's testimony, but he was not supposed to get the house that he got. He, he, was, he was putting emphasis to let y'all know it had to be God that did, that caused him to get what he desired. But that's not just his testimony. Some of us are in a car right now we shouldn't have got. In a house right now we shouldn't have got. You even wearing stuff you shouldn't even have on. Folk get to telling you, well, they just clothes, but you have to straighten them in a hurry. Yeah, no, these ain't just clothes. You don't know where I come from. I, I didn't have shoes. I didn't have but one suit. I didn't have but three pair of socks and two of them had holes in it. These ain't just no clothes to me. These are garments that God blessed me with. It's just a car. No, it ain't just no car to me. You don't understand. I used to walk everywhere. I mean, you, you have the white folk who just call your stuff material. Because, see, that's all they know. But they don't know the story behind what they call it material. talking about you how many of you are happy about what you're wearing this morning because that was a time you didn't have you were sitting up straight when you came 
in the parking lot this morning in your car because you weren't always able to drive what you He said, yeah, Elohim have, have been my God of old. Now what it says about a person that has had a long relationship with God in a positive sense is that it is deeply rooted. Deeply rooted means number one is well established. See, folk can't pull the wool over your eyes. You, you've been knowing God too long. <laughs> Just like folk can tell you that, look, you ain't going to make it through it, but you be looking at them like, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know how long I've been knowing God. You act like this the first time something unattacked my body. You act like this the first time I've been broke. You act like this the first time I came up against opposition. I, I can take you back some years and let you. You have history with God. To the point to where you are deeply rooted. You are well established in knowing what should and shouldn't move you. Stuff that bothers some folk don't bother you because you are well established in God. It's folks terrified over the pandemic, but not you. Why? You just believe because of the relationship you have with your God that he going to protect you from danger seen and unseen. I ain't been outside in, in 95 days. I'm scared. That's what a person told me. That's a long time. And then had nerd that. What about you? I said, I've been outside every single day. I love outside. I had missed the beat. I've been doing what God ordained for me. You ain't scared. God gonna protect me. He promised I will be with you always. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Maybe that's just my scripture. No, because some of y'all looking kind of strange when I said that. that. That might be just my scripture. Well, let's just see then. How many going to help me out? Just ask somebody, is that your scripture? You believe God will never leave you. You believe God will never forsake you. And if affliction comes, I just believe Psalm 34 and 19. What does it say? Many are the affliction of the... But God said, come on out of it. 
But you got to use common sense. No, I got to live by faith. Because something God tell you to do don't make no sense. Some folks would tell you prayer don't make no sense because it don't work for them. You know why it don't work? Because they don't believe in faith. The prayer of faith is the prayer that saves. Not just prayer, the prayer of faith. The prayer according to the word. The prayer that trusts God to do exactly what he said he would do. The psalmist again said that God and him had an old relationship. Well established. But, but we also have to consider deeply rooted being a determined relationship. No doubt God is determined or dogged when it comes to doing what he is supposed to do. But as his children, we have to be likewise. Not to the degree because we are not God. Not to the same degree. But we have to be determined to think, talk, and do according to the written and revealed will of God. You got to be determined. See, if, if you have had a relationship with God for a while, but you, you still don't have doggedness in you. You just been playing around in the relationship. The relationship ain't serious to you. It, it's been casual to you. Because you don't show your determination to, to keep the connection you have with God together. But when you are determined to stay connected to God, you make it your business to think, talk, and do according to his will. You're just determined to do it. When you mess up, you repent. You ask him for forgiveness, you turn from that. Why? Because you are committed. Determined to stay connected with God. And lastly, you, you have to be continual if you are deeply rooted in God. You don't let stuff stop you. You, you don't be like some folks, as long as everything, well, God is their God. But let something go, go wrong. They'll change God's in a minute. As long as everything going well, they trust God. But let something happen that don't normally happen. They'll stop trusting him. That should never be the case. Never. And so, if we have had a relationship with God for a while, we should be deeply rooted. And I am. I'm to the point to where I'm not going to let anything or anybody come before my God. I don't care who it is. 
I'm, not, I'm just not going to let anything. I, I'm not going to let myself most of all. Oh, don't act like, like, like that. Most of the time, the very person that messes us up is the one we see in the mirror. Hold your hand up like this and pretend it's a mirror. And just be honest and say, you know, you don't mess yourself up more than anybody. But you don't need to mess up the relationship you have with your God. I ain't going to mess up the best thing that ever happened to me. What about you? If he has been better to me than anybody, you think I'm going to mess that up? He done blessed me with all that I have. You think I'm going to mess that up for you? You think I'm going to let a pandemic mess that up? A sickness mess that up? You know I'm sick. I can't pray. I'm sick. I can't fulfill my purpose. It were folks in lines then that were still fulfilling their purpose thrown into fiery furnaces but was still fulfilling their purpose. That's the reason Paul penned in Romans 8 don't allow anything to separate you from who? The love of God. What is love in that verse? Obedience. What did he, what do you get that from Pastor Jesus said if you love me you'll keep my commandments. You have to be to the point to where you're not going to allow anything or anybody to separate you from the relationship you have with God. Because like it or not, folk will try to do it. Am I right? But then he, he takes it further. Not only does he reveal that he had a relationship with God for a long time. But then he also said he is my king. He my king. It was personal to him. He my king. He may not be my spouse's king. But he my king. Mama may not treat him like he is a king, but he's my king. And you have to understand king in the Hebrew as it relates to God. Number one, it says that he is the one you worship or serve. And you know, God don't want no slack folk saying they serve him. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because he said point blank, you need to love me with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Or breaking it down, you need to love me with every part of your being. Show me you love me in your thoughts. Show me you love me when you talk. Show me you love me when you're behind closed doors. 
cross. Show me you love me when you're in the grocery store. Don't just show me you love me on Sunday morning for two hours and ten minutes. 35 seconds. Show me you love me 24-7. Even if you mess up, show me you love me by asking for forgiveness and turning from your wicked way. He is my king. I worship him. You got to show God you're going to put him first despite what you go through. Man, it, it, it's some stuff that'll get a hold of your body that would tell you to stop worshiping God. It's some things that can go wrong in your life that would tell you to do what Job's wife told him to do. Curse God and die. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to come a time where you're going to be tested to the point to where you're going to have to make a choice whether you're going to obey your flesh or person or you're going to stick with your God. Folk will make you mad won't you want to put up your hand and leave God. But you have to make up in your mind that he is your king. He is the one you serve. He is the one you worship. And you're not going to allow anything or anybody to stop you from giving him the glory. Somebody can make you mad at church. But you have to make up in your mind. You're going to let what that person did to you in the church stop you from putting your hands together, waving your hands, giving God the glory or the praise. It happened. Stuff can happen that can cause you not to want to pray. And when something happens that causes you not to do right by God, you can't say that he's your king. In truth. I have gotten mad about something God did, but I still fell on my knees. I said, Lord, I don't understand, but I love you. Lord, I don't know why you did it and and you ain't telling me why you did it. But because you're right all the time, because you love me and I know you love me, I'm just going to deal with it in my own way because I love you and I will never sever the relationship that I have with you. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. Say to your neighbor, he's my king. If I have to praise him with a limp, I'm going to praise him. If I have to praise him with a headache, I'm going to praise him. He's been too good. God been too good. He is. my king I gotta move on but I, I, I just gotta know and I need you to help me just ask somebody have you ever been tested when it comes to your relationship with God
Yeah, been, been tested. If God ever did something you didn't like, and you wanted to tell him off, yeah. Look how you look. You know you don't wanted to tell God off before. And some of us have told him off before. If you go, why don't you come do it? How you let it get this far away? You said you were going to heal me. You said it, but it ain't happening. What's going on? Such behavior is not treating him like your king. A servant never disrespects his king. That's the reason God used Jesus to say to the disciples that when you worship God, you have to worship him in spirit and truth. You have to be conscious of him, not conscious of what your flesh is saying, not conscious of what is going on around you. You have to be conscious of him. And serve him in truth. And sometimes you have to dance with a hurt. Sometimes you have to leap for joy with pain. Running up and down your spine. But your king is worthy of every hand clap. Worthy of every footstone. Worthy of every turn in victory. And folks have the audacity to ask you when it comes to your king, do it take all that? Walker, God want us to have common sense when it comes to such and such. How would you know what God wants when you don't even serve him in spirit and in truth? How would you know what God wants when you have not even been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues? How would you know what God wants when you act like God owes you something every single day. He is my king. And, and sometimes the king will tell you to do something and not tell you why he wants you to do it. Walker, I want you to do such and such. Now, Walker, let me tell you something. You do this. Now, folk going to get mad, but you do it because I'm telling you to do it. You preach this. Somebody going to get upset about this message, but you preach it because this is what I'm telling you to do. And see, some folk think the preacher preach it, but the preacher don't have to put it into action. But the very one that needs to be the first partaker is the one that proclaims the message. You hear me? 
He is my king. And we done had a long relationship. Now, I want to look at two scriptures in reference to God being king. Y'all stay with me. This is a very important message. First thing, as God being king that we need to understand is that the earth is his. See, see, some of us are listening too much to folk who think they own what's going on or what's taking place in earth, but they don't. You listen to folk too much. That's one of your problems. I've had that problem before. But you got to understand who owned this thing. Woo! God Almighty, I got happy. Go with me to Psalm 24. Verse 1. The earth is the Lord's. And all his fullness. My king on all this. Yeah, and everything you see in it. If God tell you to go get something, you ain't got no business trying to tell him about your credit. The earth is whose? And it's what? If he tell you to go get it, he own it. If he own it, he has a right to tell you to go get it. And if you go and somebody turn you down, guess who going to deal with that? God. He owns it. Walker, I'm going to bless you with such and such. Well, you own everything. Okay. See, I used to try to help God out. Well, God, I'm going to get myself together so you can give me this. No, he won't be giving it to you if you get yourself together. When he tell you to do it, do it. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path. See, when you understand that he is your king and that he owns everything on the earth, that should sell a whole lot of stuff. If God tells you to do a particular thing, you, you don't worry about what you have and don't have. You just know that, hey, he told me to do this and this is what I'm going to do. The thing is, you have to be sure that he told you to do it. And see, sometimes God will tell you to do something and he know before you go to do it that the person you're going to for a particular thing ain't going to act right. He told Moses, hey, Moses, go tell Pharaoh, let my folk go. But then God said, Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. He ain't going to do it. Say, Moses, Moses, go tell him to do it, though, because I'm telling you, go tell him. He wouldn't do it. Moses came back and said he didn't do it. He said, well, go tell him again. And sent him time and time again. And Moses got turned down. Sent back. But every time God told Moses to do something, he did it. 
Why? Because Moses recognized God was his king. See, this is what some of us would do. God said, look, go get it. You get turned down and then... God said, well, go back. You go back, and then you say, well, I guess I'm just going to wait. Now, he didn't, you done severed the relationship. You decided not to go back because you got turned down two times, even though the one that owned the thing told you to go. I'm still in Psalm 24 and 1. The earth is thee and is Walk, I want you to get them deacons and tell them to go up there and um, tell a man you want some money to build a church. Went up there, you know what the man said? We can't do it. And if you come back in 10 years, we probably couldn't do it. Well, God, I did what you said. He said he couldn't do it. And he said if we come back in 10 years, he probably couldn't do it. Well, don't worry about that. They're going to see my hand. They're going to see my power. In less than seven years, the church was built and paid off. But what, hold your, hold your clap. But what was the thing? Doing what God said. God say, it's well concerning your body. You praise God for it being well. If you get a, if you get a negative report from the doctor or from somebody else, you praise God for it being well. Why? This is God's earth. And is see the problem comes when, when we don't believe that he is truly our king. We don't truly believe that the earth is his and his fullness. See, once you understand that and you start listening to the voice of God, you know when God tells you to move, all you need to do is just move. My credit was so bad to where a man told me, he said, if I had a car on the lot for $200, you couldn't get it. He told me that the day God told me to go get a car. I said, he told me that the day God told me to go get a car. Now, if I didn't have a real relationship with him, I, I would have said, I must have missed God because this man telling me Bottom line, I would have been putting the man's word over God's word. Two hours after the man told me that, I was getting a better call than what I tried to get from him. God was trying to see, you going to serve me? Are you going to serve this person? Say to your neighbor, he is my king. Is my king. And whatever he, tells me, whatever he tells me, even if I don't see it, see it. I'm going to obey him. See, you got to understand when it comes to God, you, you got to live 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. What does it say? For we walk by faith, not by sight. And faith being the written and revealed word of God. That's what faith is. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. 
He is my king. He is my I mean, understand that. Psalm 44. Lord have mercy. The earth is whose? And is what? Well, you know, uh, I own that. God. (laughs) See, you got to understand, even your ownership is temporary. The real owner is God. You, you, you own them, but you temporary. Yeah, I, all is mine. Temporary. That car out there I'm driving? Temporary. The real owner is who? The real hill is who? Yeah, he'll use folks to do certain things. That's what he does on the earth. But, but when you look at who the real person is behind everything, it is God. And until we see that as children of God, we will never fulfill our purpose. We'll never have the relationship with God that he desires us to have. And folk look at me crazy and say, well, I, I'm, that's going to be mine right there because God already told me. No, Walker, they don't want to sell it. They don't want to do this. But I'm, but I'm telling you, God said that was mine. I know they said they don't want to sell it, but it's God's. And if God done said it's mine, it's going to be mine. I can't tell you how many times something like that has happened in reference to me. And it ended up being mine temporarily. Because the real owner is who? Lord have mercy. Psalm 44. Verse 4. You are my king. Oh God. Now notice this. Command victories for Jacob. See, God can command the victory for you. See, if he tells you to do it, guess what? He done, already, he done already set it up. He done already ordained for it to be in your hand. But you just can't sing that old song, what God has for me is for me. Not if you don't do the right thing. Not if, he, not, not if he's not number one for you. Not if he's not your king. Notice what he says. He as his king to what? Command victories. And see, when God is your king and you have that tight relationship, you can ask him to do certain things and he'll turn around and he'll do it. Command victories. Notice for who? For Jacob. For folk who who ain't got the relationship with God the way they need to have it with him. You know, Jacob had a relationship with God, but it wasn't a solid relationship. That's the reason God had to change his name from Jacob to Israel. But here, the psalmist letting God know, you are my king. 
and they don't quite have it together. They like Jacob, but give them the victory anyway. Lord, she didn't do right by her last car. Lord, but she really need a car. So, Lord, give her a car. See, everything you got, it wasn't because of you. It was because somebody interceded. should have seen the faces when I said that. Lord of mercy. Command victories is what he has God to do. And you know God can do that. God can just send. God is so powerful the way you know Isaiah revealed that he sent his word and it healed him. He just said heal him. And it happened. Jesus, Jesus was so powerful to where uh, somebody just touched him and they were healed. But guess what? The woman that touched him acknowledged that he had the power to do it. We have to acknowledge our God as king of all. The one that is sovereign in complete control. If something happens, it does not get by God because he is omniscient. He knows everything. He knew the pandemic was going to happen at the beginning of time. And he knew some were going to get weary and well-doing during the pandemic. Some were going to switch sides during the pandemic. He knew it. I seen a person that, that had been in church for years coming out the liquor store with liquor. I said, Lord, I, said, I can't believe that. But see, person, people are turning because they are afraid and are doing different things in order to ease their quote-unquote pain and fear. We have to stay in the will of God and recognize our king is going to give us the victory. I said, we have to recognize our king is going to give us the victory. That's the reason every day, God, I'm getting up. I'm finna hit these streets doing what you have purpose for me to do. Every single day, I ask you to dispatch my personal angels. I ask you to make sure that victory and success are before me, beside me, and behind me. Why? He's my king. Who else can I depend on? If it's a spirit trying to take folk out, who else can you depend on but God? You can't truly believe a mass is going to stop a spirit. 
I'm not telling you not to do what you have to do, not to obey law. But I'm just telling you some things that we deal with are more than just what people are saying. It's demonic. But see, our king knows how to deal with everything. I said our king knows how to deal with everything. That's the reason more so than anything or anybody trusts him for your salvation. I got to close it. Y'all sit down. Back in Psalm 74 and 12. Notice again he says, Oh God, you are my king from oh. But then, this is what I want to deal with. Notice the latter part of the verse. He says, you have been working salvation. Well, in the midst of the earth. See, God has to work salvation on the earth because when it comes to the earth, there is trouble. There is pandemic. There is confusion. There is destruction. There is sickness. There is disease. They, there are all kind of things on the earth that are trying to take out God's folk. That are trying to hurt God's folk. But notice the psalmist knew that when it came to his king, that his king was working things out. No doubt the message that I preach, there are a whole lot of enemies that, that try to kill me on a daily basis. No doubt the witness you have on your job, there are a whole lot of demon spirits that have, trying to, that have been trying to get you off that job. But your king has been at work. Your king has not only had your back, but your front, your side, your head, your shoulder, your Look at somebody and say, my king got me. He said, you've been working salvation. And well, right here. You've been making things better right here. Salvation is that which causes a person's life to be changed for the better. And the Bible says, whom the Son of God has made free, is free indeed. God be working stuff out. Mr. Walker, we ain't going to be able to do it. Yeah, somebody going to do it because God working this thing out. You can dance about God working things out. Well, it ain't nothing I can do. Well, it, it, it wasn't up to you in the first place. It's God that's in charge of my life. When you understand your king, you, you also understand that people are limited. I said, you understand that people are limited, including yourself. God know how to work some stuff. 
Man, I've tried to get a bolt loose and couldn't get it loose and say, Lord, what I need to do. You know everything. You out mission. What I need to do about this boat? Lord, this car ain't cranking. I done tried to jump it off. What I need to do? You mean you ask God about everything? He said acknowledge him in all. If he going to be my king, it's going to be a real deal. I'm going to ask him about everything. If me and you have a meeting, guess what? I'm going to ask God what to say to you in the meeting. Lord, give me what to say to sister so-and-so. Give me what to say to brother so-and-so. You know we mean this morning. So whatever you would have me say or not say, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. I don't trust myself. I might mess you up. I don't trust myself. I might mess you up. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. You have to be to the point to where you understand God works salvation. But who is he doing it for? He don't need to be saved. The devil can't be saved. He's going to hell. So who is he doing it for? His children. You got to understand, whatever you're going through, God working it out for you. He's doing what he's doing to make sure you get salvation. That's the reason Jesus, when he showed up, he let folks know, look, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. I have come. That you might have life and that more abundantly. What does that say in one word? Salvation came to save you. And salvation when it comes to scripture is threefold. Deliverance, protection, and prosperity. And you see it from Genesis to Revelation. God's salvation, deliverance, protection, and prosperity. And when he's your king, you, you look for that salvation. You look for it. Y'all understanding? I, I, I got to close. Lord have mercy. But I feel pretty good. I do. Do you? God helping us. Go, God revealed to Moses that when Israel back was quote unquote against the wall that they were getting ready to see his salvation in the book of Exodus I'm not going to that scripture but when, when God gave Moses the revelation he said to Israel he said look he, he said yeah the Egyptians are coming he said but I, I don't want, and I don't want y'all to do nothing but just stand still and just see the salvation of the Lord What's going to happen, Moses? The Egyptians you see right now, you ain't going to see them tomorrow. 
the day is their last day messing with you. Today is their last day persecute you. Today is their last day being a thorn in your flesh. Somebody better get ready. It's your last day dealing with certain things. Your last day. You get ready to see. The salvation of God. All right, sit down. Let's go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Notice Second Chronicles 20, verse 17. Ready? You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. The king was right there letting them know y'all ain't gonna have to fight then this. See there are certain things that, that are bigger than us that, that God just take charge of. This pandemic somebody I mean what you think we need to do well if, if you say you just need to trust God. God have always brought his folk out of stuff. And if he changes not, he going to do it this time. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong, Pastor. Well, it ain't like that's the first time it done happened. Get your history now. Get your history book. When it happened the last time, who showed up and showed out? Pastor, this pain in my body. Well, that ain't the first time you done went through no sickness. Well, this one is different. It don't matter if it's different. It, 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 it may be different and man can't handle it. But if, if it's God involved, it does not matter. If he delivered you from a headache, he'll deliver you from Just stand still and see the salvation of God. Position yourself, though. 
He didn't want them to get to get to acting crazy. He just wanted them to get in their proper position. Stay in order. Don't let no confusion come in. Quit watching CNN all the time. Take so and so off your Facebook page. Because every time she puts something up, you look at it, you get depressed. Take off. Matter of fact, if, if too many folk on your page get into you, just shut down the page. And get a page out of the 66 book. Like Psalm 23. Yea, don't. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For God is with me. What you going to do about trouble? His rod and his staff. They comfort me. Yeah, but what about tomorrow and next week? You know what they'll say. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And after I'm done, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But notice he said, position yourselves. And see, he wanted them to understand that that their deliverance was going to come through their king. Last scripture. Um, Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Keep in mind, Psalm 74 and 12, the latter part, work, God works salvation in the midst of the earth. Psalm 50 and 23. Notice this. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. That's a powerful verse. When it comes to your conduct, your, your conduct is connected theologically to praise. That's where he starts the verse off talking about praise. It is no way your conduct is going to be the way it should be if you are not a worshiper of God. 
You have to have praise. You have to have yada in your being to the point to where you give God glory even in trouble. I love the way David said it in the song, but I especially love the way Peter and James talked about it. They, they, they talked about praise in that James said in James 1, when, when you get to going through trials and all this right here, you just got to count it all joy. And then Peter, Peter dealt with how stuff will start affecting your mind and start making you thinking crazy. And he said, and he told the church, he said, look, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that are to try you, but rejoice. Rejoice. You have to understand that your conduct, your thoughts, your words, and your deeds are connected to your worship or praise. You got to praise God despite what you're going through. Don't, don't be like most folk who get to going through stuff and folk come around to see them. They acting down and out. How you doing? Well, you know. You, whatever you do, give God praise. Even if you're going through it in your, in your body, your mind, or whatever you're going through, give God praise. Even though it hurts to do it, give him praise. But notice again. Because this verse is very important. Whoever offer praise glorifies who? You're giving God the glory. You're letting God know you depend on him. You truly worship him. And to him who orders his conduct aright. Bottom line, you have to have, you, you have to have in your being rules that you're going to think, talk, and do. According to the written and revealed word. That should be your order right there. When stuff get to you, think, talk, and do according to the word of God. And some of us, you, you ain't been saved but, but a little while. It's going to take you time. It's going to take you time to really order your conduct to the point to where you're thinking, talking, and doing according to the written and revealed word. But now some of us who've been saved for a long time and, and our conduct still ain't right, you just need to do right. <laughs> yeah, you do. You just need to do right. That, that, that's my thing. You just need to do right. You know better. You done been taught enough. You just got to do right. You get mad at somebody and act like you can't praise God. Look, you need to stop that. Just do right. Look at somebody and just say, do right. You've been saved a long time. Do right. Just do right. Just do right. And sometimes stuff hits you, and, and when it hit you, you may not be able to do what you need to do, but, but because something hit you, but get yourself back together and start thinking, talking, and doing what's written and what's revealed. But you have, to, you have to order your conduct. Notice, notice the verse. Lord have mercy. Whoever offers praise to me and to him who orders his conduct aright. You got to do both things. I will. I'm going to let you see salvation. I'm going to let you see divine deliverance. 
I'm going to let you experience divine prosperity. Divine prosperity. I'm going to let you experience it. If you just do right, I'm going to let you see and experience stuff that you never could do on your own. That a job never could do for you. That a doctor never could do for you. If you just think, talk, and do right, this is what I'm going to do for you. Man, that, that, that's powerful. Some, some of us in here, you never would have thought you would be where you are right now. And, and when you look at where you are right now, the only, only conclusion you have is that it's because of God's salvation. Am I right? I, I, met, I met a person. Um, we were talking about houses. And this person was talking about, well, you know, I own 40 houses. And got, got to talking about the 40 houses that he owned and, and different things. And, and then he told me about this guy. He said, it's this other guy that I know. He's, he owns 600 houses. I said, 600? <laughs> he said, 600 houses. I said, what's, what's his story behind the 600 houses that he owns? He came from being homeless to receiving Jesus as Savior. To believing that God would give him something that would cause him to be able to be a blessing to other folk. And it went from one house to another house. To finally he got to 600. This is the blessing. 35 employees that worked on the buildings. 57 employees that work in the office. Everything paid for. Came out of prison. Yeah. Homeless. No education. No education. 600 houses now. And, and you ask him, and, and the guy who was telling me about it wasn't saved. Wasn't saved. But knew the guy's testimony. Knew the guy's testimony. Salvation. Salvation. God works out, but you, your conduct has to be right. Amen? And he has to be your your king. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord hands up.